Welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Seslanko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut, part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. This is Season 3, Episode 25 for the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, June 21st, 2020. Our Gospel reading is from Matthew, verse 10, chapters 10 through 33. Jesus said to the Twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor a secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. The Gospel of the Lord. Discipleship is meant to be a challenge. If we find being a Christian an easy thing to do, then we're missing a big piece of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. As we listen to Jesus preach and teach and by the example of his very life, we hear very difficult words spoken from his mouth. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Love God, love others, love self. Offer no resistance to injury. As we hear those words of Jesus Christ. We can find ourselves perhaps wondering whether he really meant what he said or whether he was talking about something else. Because loving our enemies and doing good to those who hurt us is not something that comes easy nor audit. To be a disciple means that we have to put aside our very self and become an offering for others. You know, we've heard many times before the hierarchy of human needs. Lawrence Kohlberg expanded upon these many years ago, and they've kind of become the basis for how we understand a human being and human development. And there's truth in this hierarchy of human needs. The first, obviously, is physiological needs, that human beings can't function without food and air and the very necessities of what is required for life. The second need is security needs, that a person needs to feel safe in their environment 
in order to function and grow as a human being. The third is belonging needs, that a person needs to feel part of a larger group and a larger culture in order to function and be the person that they are intended to be. The fourth are the esteem needs, in which a person has to feel good about themselves and have a sense of well-being in order to be productive. And then lastly are the meaning needs, in which a person has to find something greater in life that becomes the reason and the basis for what they do. So this hierarchy of needs is found in every human being, and the premise is, is that we need to fill these needs and attend to them in order to be the person that we are meant to be. Physiological, security, belonging, esteem, and meaning. And as we listen to that, it all makes very good sense. But what can happen sometimes as we go about the business of our lives is we can get stuck. So as important as it is to attend to our basic needs and to work through conflicts and to grow in and through them, even as we are well into adulthood, we can't get fixated on them. And part of the problem with being an authentic and true disciple is that we are too fixated on some of our basic needs. In other words, we become too concerned about security needs, for example, or belonging needs, or esteem needs. And we're so consumed with preserving those and maintaining a sense of well-being that when it comes to taking a risk as the gospel calls us to do, we find ourselves somewhat reluctant and fearful because we're afraid that in moving in that direction, we may have to leave something that we really want behind or that change will require us to do things differently and we're not really ready to do that. And so we can become very tethered to our basic needs, especially security, belonging, and esteem. And they can influence too much the way we then approach life, prioritize life, and then institute and live the gospel message. So if we're tethered to those basic needs, then when we hear Jesus say to us, love your enemies, we're going to automatically look at that command in terms of my security needs, or my belonging needs, or my esteem needs, and say that I'm unable to really do that because of other things that I treasure, because of other things that I'm tied to, because of other things that I'm afraid to let go of. And so we become reluctant. Or when Jesus says, love everyone. And we listen to those words and we wonder, I really don't want to do that, or I can't do that. Maybe the reason is, is because we're still too tied to other stuff in our lives and are afraid to let that go to risk the other. You see, because the gospel calls us to this self 
self-emptying, this self-emptying, which factors into all dimensions of our life and factors into the very fabric of who we are, not only as a person, but as a society, as a culture, as a world. It speaks to how we organize ourselves, how we think about ourselves, and how we resolve conflicts as they come along. And so, yes, when Jesus preached those Beatitudes, he did so with intent. He didn't do it as an option. He said, this is my understanding of God's vision for humanity. And it involved all of those things, being peacemakers, being meek, nonviolence, and the list goes on. But yet we resist, and we're afraid to let go so that we can become. And that really is the challenge of the gospel, is of letting go of some of those lesser needs so that we can embrace greater ones, things that are more centered on faith, hope, and love, and extending ourselves to others rather than keeping ourselves to ourselves. You know, we're reminded of a saint, a new saint actually, Saint Oscar Romero. Saint Oscar Romero was the Archbishop of San San Salvador, and on the 24th of March in the year 1980, he was assassinated while he was celebrating Mass. And the short story is, is that he was assassinated because of his, his promotion of the rights of the oppressed and his advocacy on behalf of the poor and the marginalized. He put himself out there to be a voice for the voiceless. He was criticized by many as being socialist or communist, but at the end of the day, all he did is precisely what Pope Francis does repeatedly, is he takes the words of the gospel and tries to translate them for contemporary times. So it's only one kind of ism, and I term it gospelism, of trying to discern through the power and presence of God how the words of Jesus can find their way into what is happening around us. And isn't that what we're called to do, of finding a way for the words of Jesus to find their way into what is happening around us? So as Christians, we look at our world and all that is going on at this particular point, and that question needs to be in our minds and hearts as well. How can we take what Jesus has said and bring them out into this world so that it makes a difference, so that it speaks to what is happening in our times? Well, Oscar Romero had a lot to say, but one quote that he put forth really kind of sums it up for the person who really is trying to be a disciple or aspires to be a disciple, wants to be a disciple. He says, we must overturn many idols. Must overturn many idols. The idol of the self, first of all, so that we can be humble 
so that we can be humble. Because it's only through our humility that we can learn to be redeemers. We can learn to be redeemers. So that we can then learn to work together to bring the world what it really needs. So listen to some of those points again. We need to overturn many idols. The idol of the self, first of all. So that we can be humble. Humble. Because it's only through our humility that we can then learn to be redeemers. Redeemers. And learn to work together to bring the world what it needs. Have we ever thought of ourselves as being redeemers? I mean, we talk about becoming, conforming ourselves into the image of Christ and becoming another Christ. But have we ever thought about the fact that we're actually trying to become a redeemer? We're trying to participate in that very mission of Jesus Christ, to be a liberator from bondage and sin, to be a transformer, a changer. To be a redeemer means that we have a message given to us by the power and presence of God that can transform and change the situation that's before us. And we can learn to work together in accomplishing that task. It's a tall order. And it's an order that sadly cost St. Oscar Romero his life because he lived it to the fullest. And it can have ramifications for us too. Maybe it won't fulfill our esteem needs the way we want to. We won't be as popular as maybe our ego requires. We won't find ourselves belonging as much as our belonging needs require. And we may have to shake up our security a little bit and work more out of our non-comfort zone than our comfort zone. But we all have to become these redeemers in the space that we have within our lives in the way that is possible before us. And there are three things that we can do to begin to accomplish that task. Rather than going into problematic situations, even if in our dialogue and in our minds and in our conception of things, pretending that we automatically know the answers or we know that a certain course of action is required, maybe we can step back and first encounter, encounter. As I've said before, people are people, people have stories. We don't encounter ideologies, we encounter human beings. But sometimes we treat people too much like objects rather than as persons. So in encountering a human being, we then soften things up a bit. And we begin to see, and this is where the love factor comes in, that regardless of what a person does or what a person says or who a person has become, at the core of that individual is the same thing that exists in the core of me, the sacred blessing of God in the depth of my soul. There's a soul in every human being 
that I can learn to love, encounter. That encountering a human being, we then have the ability to listen, not judge, not offer preconceived ideas or notions, not go in with what the popular ideas are, but to learn to listen. To listen to what? To listen to the pain, to listen to the story, to listen to the hopes, the joys, whatever is important. We have a difficulty listening truly, opening the space of our lives and listening to what another person is saying. We love to listen to ourselves, but it takes a little bit more of a leap to listen truly to the words and the stories of another. And then lastly, and most importantly, from the encounter, from the listening, we can learn. We can learn. And together, perhaps, a true vision, huge, unattainable, I'm not sure. I want to believe that it is because it's rooted in the gospel that we can learn to work together to do what the world needs after we've learned from the encounter and learned from the listening. So in closing, the gospel does require us to change. It causes us to smash many of those idols that we cling to needlessly. They are nostalgic memories sometimes of what was with very little relevance with what can be. And as we move through times of crisis, times of change, we need to do so as servants, bringing first and foremost with us our humility, so that through that humility we can learn to be redeemers, redeemers, liberators, transformers, changers, peacemakers, so that together we can do what the world needs. Father Mark Stislanko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>